podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Look, it slightly favours the right footer here, but Griffiths, having got the goal, goes again. Quick fire and drags it down now. Long we out. Oh, what a goal! What a goal! Here comes up, chance goal! Scotland have scored! It's Andy! It's Dykes! It's me! Hamden Roar podcast. It's been a long time since we had a former Scotland international on to talk about their memories in dark blue, but I'm delighted to say that we have Callum Davidson here, 19 caps for Scotland. He'll sit down with me this morning to recount some of the highlights and the low points of an international career representing the country, which spanned quite a long time actually, about 10 years from the late 90s to the late noughties and under a good few managers. Delighted to have you here, Callum. Good to be here. Uh, nice early morning. So, uh, yeah, good. It's uh, obviously had a, a long, strong career with not many caps, but we'll, we'll get to that in a wee while. Uh, so, no, I look forward to having a wee chat. Just, just before we, we get going, just for any interested listeners, you, it's been a, a wee while since you left St. John's tonight. What's your, your situation? Uh, golf's pretty good at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Hitting deck, hitting house pretty well as well. So uh, at the moment, that's uh, that's as much as I'm getting. Uh, so the most I'm looking, uh, I like to get back in. I think uh, as we see, there's a lot of change over managers. I don't know if it's a job that you know has much stability to it, but you know I think we have a passion for it. Uh, we really enjoy it. So uh, myself, including that. So hopefully, I can get back in at some point, whether it's down in England, you know, or, or back in Scotland or even abroad. You know, I think I'm at that stage where uh, I'm quite open to. You know, I've always been open to having a, a change and a, a go to something different. Well, good fingers crossed that you can find the right opportunity. Hopefully see you back in football in Scotland or otherwise pretty soon. Well, that's the present. Let's go to the past. Your earliest memories of Scotland, Callum. Growing up, what comes to mind immediately? Uh, probably kind of Lisa's goal uh, against Spain. You know, when he cuts in, he chops and chops and then sticks one in the, in the top corner. Uh, that was a goal that I think I tried to replicate. Uh, day after day, uh, any time I played, uh, that was probably my earliest memory. Uh, and then obviously my dad, we went to it was a Scotland Iceland game. He used to take me to the games. My brother, uh, I think Comic Stays for the it was a thirty yard. I think if I'm correct. You know, my memory is not too good on these things. I've headed too many footballs, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think uh, we're big, massive uh, Scotland fans back then. Uh, we have been in you know, the family has been to, to this day, and my brother goes with his uh, little lad. Uh, now at the moment uh, so uh, we, we, as a thing we, we remember basically for me it was and then another one's probably Richard Goff uh, back post header uh, against England uh, it's funny you, 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 you're asking me that question you know all these memories start to come back you know probably wouldn't have thought of them uh, unless you ask me and Richard Goff's back post header he looks back over the goalkeeper uh, again tried that numerous times uh, to, to not much success uh, <laughs> my heading ability is pretty limited when when you're growing up, maybe with aspirations of being a professional footballer, I know that you also had a keen interest in studies. You were just telling me you quite fancied the idea of being an architect. So it doesn't seem as though football was your be-all and end-all as you were becoming a young man. But did representing Scotland hold special significance for you as you were growing up, maybe gearing towards a career in professional football? 
Yeah, I think for me, just represent Scotland everything. You know, very fortunate I managed to represent it uh, another sport uh, as a boy. You know, and I think uh, football wasn't kind of at that point, wasn't everything to me. I think it was, you know, I had various things that I was interested in. But I think for me, trying to get the peak of your, or the pinnacle of your, of, of, of your profession, sport, whatever it was, I think, I think I always had that in me uh, from a young lad, from a young boy. You know, I think I would, you know, go and practice stuff and I'd go and, Practice my golf on a Friday night. I mean, all my mates were going out. Uh, I would meet them later, but I would probably quite dedicated because I always, whatever, whatever I did, I wanted to get to the highest possible sort of attainment in that profession. Uh, so yeah, sport is, but for me, it's not Premier League in England. Uh, it's not Saudi Arabia. Uh, the pinnacle for my career was was always Scotland, uh, like it is in the managing style. It's you, know, you want to try and do something uh, for your country, and it's that's that's what drives me. You know, whether you get it or not, that's a different story. Fortunately, as a as a player, you know, I managed to eventually get there. On the various sports, Callum, we, we recently met at the BBC Golf Day and I think you were stuck with a plus three handicap. So was it was it golf that you also had a keen interest in as a boy? Because I know that I think you're a bit of a tennis or a squash player as well, aren't you? Yeah, it was basically tennis and uh, probably squash was the one I had to give up. Uh, tennis when I was probably tennis where I had to get up tennis when I was 13, 14 because of my golf. So I couldn't really take that seriously. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that handicap system, I've got to just say there was a few bandits in that golf day. You yeah. know, I had absolutely no chance. I played out my skin, I think I came last. So uh, let's just say, well, let's review the handicaps for next season for that. But on the other side, yeah, I think it, it was it was always, it was really always golf. Golf was the the one, golf was going to go to States, uh, go to university over there. That was like a, one of my dreams and ambitions as well. Uh, managed to represent Scotland boys level, international down, uh, playing with England, Ireland, Wales, and over international. So we're very fortunate that uh, I managed to do that. And I think it's probably shaped me as a sort of probably a player and a person uh, going forward. How did football overtake golf then if you were that serious about it? Uh, I don't know if my mum will be happy with me telling me the story, but she basically has forced me to go to university. Uh, she said, you have to get a degree. Uh, so I kind of listened to her. Uh, that point was what comes first. You know, I think uh, if I went and played golf, I could never go back to football. If I played football, I think I could always go back and, and have a real good go at golf. Uh, so that was basically the, that was as simple as that, is how I, be, how I chose football. Uh, and then just when I did it, I just you know, had to go with the best mobility. And, uh, so you, yeah, you, you, didn't, you, you didn't need the parachute in the end? What's that? I was fortunate enough, so uh, yeah, I was, it turned out okay. Yeah, a career in Lancashire rather than the Florida PGA Tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's something best. Really. <laughs> uh, maybe well, then, uh, playing golf in nice weather every week would be much better. <laughs> well, hopefully you're getting plenty in now, as you say. So <laughs> when you had decided football then, you're making your way through with St Johnston and then eventually down to Blackburn. Did you have any experience with the Scotland under 21s at all? Yeah, I've got uh, go uh, probably two or three times. I've probably a lot of a probably later developer due to my university uh, career. Uh, I managed to get a few caps for uh, under 21s. Uh, obviously, went over to play against Sweden uh, over there. So, uh, yeah, I had, I had a wee experience of it. You know, I uh, really enjoyed it. And then, obviously, you know, at that point, there wasn't many left footed players about uh, hence the reason I probably got my caps uh, mm-hmm. 
you know, I think uh, at that point, I, I played for St Johnston. You know, at the time I was getting tired for a few clubs in England uh, and Rangers and stuff. And, and then basically, obviously for Scotland as well, it was, it was quite an exciting time. It was, it was a real positive time because you obviously see your, see your name getting mentioned for, for playing for Scotland, for getting a Scotland cap. And, you know, I know it was 1998 at the time. Uh, then I just signed for Blackburn. Uh, but again, as my career probably went, I uh, tore my hamstring. I uh, had a hematoma in my hamstring, which didn't heal quick enough. I uh, tried to come back and for Blackburn and tore it again against Arsenal in my debut, uh, which basically, at that point, put any kind of sort of paid to any sort of chance of playing the World Cup uh, for Scotland, uh, which is disappointing. You always think I'll come round again. Uh, but as we, as we know quite well, it, it doesn't it come round that quickly. Your your debut came after the World Cup, so had Craig Brown or the staff been in touch with you about the possibility of you keeping your wits about you as the squad announcement approached or as the, the end of the qualifiers neared? Yeah, I think no, I think because obviously I just moved to Blackburn, I think it was January 98, you know, I think with an injury, I think, and I think if I'd played for Blackburn, because the base of the point, I think Christian played. Uh, left wing back to the first game against Brazil I think he was looking for a left wing back uh, obviously I fit the bill at that point but just unfortunately uh, the injury I talk about and you know it's probably one of those things that you know when I look back on my Scotland career uh, towards the end I used to say don't name the squad before the game on Saturday because every time you name the squad on Thursday I used to get injured I used to tear my hamstring on my ground on the Friday on the Saturday game so I never make the squad so uh yeah, that was basically probably carried on throughout my career, uh, my Scotland career, unfortunately. But that's just, unfortunately, some things you can you can uh, affect. Uh, this is one that couldn't affect. So making your debut for Scotland was a bit of an agonising wait then, if you expected it to, to happen sooner. It eventually came against Lithuania in the Euro 2000 qualifiers. You got about 20 minutes off the bench. Can you remember being told in the first instance that Yes, you're being included in this squad and eventually being told, right, get up, you're going on. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously a, a buzz when you, you get the, the announcement through the Ireland squad, you know, uh, something you kind of dream of. Uh, I think it was me and Barry Ferguson. I think we were the two new caps at the time. Uh, I do remember rooming together, uh, walking into the meeting room five minutes late and getting absolutely grilling off uh, Craig Brown for, for being late. And both of us thought we were there in the right time and you know, I think that was a, a little lesson uh, at that point. Make sure you're 15 minutes early for every meeting because mm-hmm. uh, we actually thought we were on time and we weren't. So I thought, oh, no, there, there we go. That's my, my chance of getting a game. Uh, you know, out of the picture, I think, I think I'm think i sure Barry started the game. Uh, and then obviously I was just warming up and uh, I think it was after the 60 minutes, I said, listen, Carl, someone get your stuff on, go and get ready. So, you know, I think for me, but I just was me. I was. I used to get so nervous uh, before I played for Scotland. I think uh, you know, obviously, you know, you represent your country and you want to do well. Uh, as the years it sort of diminished that sort of nervousness, but I think at that point I was I was really nervous, and I, I do remember I got on. Uh, and as people know me, I do like a tackle. I think in this day and age, I, I don't think I'd last ten minutes in a, a game with VAR, but I came on and I absolutely smashed this boy. I thought, oh Christ, this is a, about 60 seconds. And I thought, oh no. Said, uh, and then all he was, uh, Alan McCoy's across the ref, going, ref, ref, it's the first game, he's really excited. 
you know, he's okay, he didn't mean it. And the ref looked at me and just put his stick out of his hair and booked me. So I've got to thank Ali for uh, probably having the short, probably the shortest ever international career. <laughs> a 60 second cameo. Uh, so I managed to stay on uh, and then managed to obviously, under Craig, you know, uh, we used to, used to say it was actually harder to, to get out of the squad at that point. Mm-hmm. But it was to get in the squad. And there's probably as well but like Steve Clark just now, I think uh, it was a great squad. You know, and at that point we had a really good squad and it was myself and Barry got in it and, you know, very fortunate when we got in it. Uh, you know, he, he was very loyal uh, with you and, you know, what a manager he was for me. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good start. Well, let's say it was a good start. It was uh, an interesting start to my international career. Craig was the second ever interview that I did for the Hamden Roar. We were from a similar neck of the woods down in Ayrshire. So he came over to my family home and we were sitting in my living room. It was, I think, a surreal moment for, for my dad at that point, the former Scotland manager, <laughs> sitting in our living room having a coffee, chatting about the World Cup. It was amazing. And with that, within a minute, I knew how amazing he was as, as a person, how kind and generous. So what was he like in the changing room and around the, the squad? Because when I was with him, I, I found it quite hard to envisage him as a as a kind of stern delegator, like he seems more of, of an, an affable, maybe relatable kind of person. Is that accurate or is that way of the mark? Yeah, I think, I think you, you don't see another side to Craig. You know, I'll tell you a little story in a minute, but I think with Craig, you know, what it does, he makes you feel uh, as though you're the best player ever. You know, he'll keep talking, he keep telling you how good you are, and, you know, all these things, you know, I think as a person, yeah, very approachable, you know, and, you know, he's just one of those guys that, you know, very through, through, through my career, uh, he's always someone, he, he was a big influence actually for me playing. Uh, he was the one that brought me to pressing at that point. I was thinking about the time uh, with injury. Uh, and he basically told me, basically in a plight terms to shut up and come and play for pressing, uh, which, you know, so glad he did. Uh, that's just the kind of guy he was. You know, I remember when we played Latin, he was Latvia away. Uh, I had food poisoning. Uh, Start of the week, I felt terrible. I played the game. I was absolutely awful in that game. I do remember. I just thought I can't move. I can't. I had no energy. He comes in. He goes absolutely ballistic at half time. It's probably the first time I saw the other side to Craig. You know, he hooked me. He hooked me at half time, which you know I was was totally deserved at that point because I, I honestly like I couldn't I couldn't move. Possibly I think why did I play? Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I say? But again, it's one of those things you can't turn and say, I'm not feeling great, I don't want to play for Scotland. You know, and it's, uh, I've never done that. And, you know, maybe it's a wee lesson for me that when you're not feeling great, especially when you're representing the country, you should play. But yeah, that was the other side to You know, mm-hmm. I saw that wee, that wee spark, which I think was, which is always, I think, so I've taken that with me into management. I'm, I'm probably, I like to say I'm probably not quite as kind and nice as Craig, but, uh, you know, I've got that kind of sort of demeanor, quite relaxed, quite. Uh, willing to sort of make players better, but I do have a little side that you know uh, from Craig. I, I take that sometimes I will have a wee snap, and, and he basically had that, and that's why he's so successful. Like a slight inch of unpredictability, so the players can relate to you, but still they know that you're boss. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, I think he knows he was there to help us achieve our goals, and that's what you are, Scotland manager. They're there to help. Uh, the players achieve their goals and fill up the potential as a team, as individuals, you know. But I think sometimes you need that little, 
that little rocker, I think I heard that Steve had a wee, Steve had a wee rocker at the month. Uh, was it sa- Sunday, Saturday or Sunday played, uh, you know, at halftime. So he's he's obviously got that there as well. So, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely one that, that's a, a sort of margin trait. I think, again, nowadays you can't have the hairdryer treatment every week. Uh, I don't think you have the hairdryer treatment hardly at all now, just different sort of characteristic players. Well, you are pretty much a regular towards the end of the Euro 2000, for the whole of the Euro 2000 qualifiers, really. Did you feel that you were slotting in pretty nicely at that early stage of your international career? Yeah, I did, yeah. I think uh, you're quite comfortable, uh, quite enjoyed. You know, I did see a bit getting nervous before games. Uh, Start to sort of diminish the more games I played. Uh, I thought, you know, I'd, I'd managed to be the only left footer at the time. Young Gary Nation has come up. You know, Gary's a top player as well. And, you know, at that point, I probably knew it was, it was my jersey and, you know, it was probably a fight between me and Gary to, to who we play, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I was quite comfortable, really enjoyed it, you know, really enjoyed going away, experience of playing with your country. You know, I think, obviously, you had some big games, you had some tough games, the Pharaohs, Pharaohs game at, at Petaudry, then you had, you know, you play against France uh, or Germany in a friendly, things like that in England. And, you know, so it's a, a real sort of difference in, in games. Uh, so, yeah, it was one of those, uh, you always enjoyed going away with the lads as well. Yeah, it was a great group of boys. But I'm lo- looking at the your first caps, Callum. So Lithuania, Estonia, Faroe Islands, your first three games. And then Czech Republic, they ran away with that qualifying group. They beat us 2-1 at hand. And, and yeah, the Czechs were a good team, but well, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, I wouldn't class them as the, certainly in name, I know they've just been to the, the 96 final, but they, they don't, in my opinion, carry the weight of a, European powerhouse with a name like France or, or Germany, even though they were a, a great team, maybe like Croatia of a modern day. Whereas, I'm not sure. That, I, I might disagree with you on that one. I think, you know, the team they had, you know, some unbelievable players at the time. You know, Nedved, I think, uh, Poborski, Berger, I think they had, I can, I need to look at the team, but I'm sure uh, a couple boys will play for the top teams in Europe. So at that point, I would probably slightly disagree with you. You know, I think uh, it's like probably like a Croatia. I've been in the past probably 10, 15 years or a really good team, but uh, we had a couple of chances. I think we were, were leading in uh, Czech Republic. Do you remember that? I remember that's my first experience of, of playing in the middle of off-season. You know, I think it wasn't really a big thing back then. I think you had your off-season to go and eat hamburgers and drink mm-hmm. uh, whatever you wanted to, but this was an off-season where we actually have to train through it and we end up playing uh, Czech Republic over there. I think Alan Johnson scored. Uh, we went in. Uh, I think we're two, two and a half, or two one up against them, uh, and then that can beat us last minute to beat us three two. So uh, we were a good team at that point as well. I think we, you know, we were probably our strength was probably in the defensive side. You know, I think uh, we had a lot of good defenders, midfielders. You know, and we and we obviously had you had Don's playing up front for us as well with Dodzy. Uh, so again, it was, a, it was a fairly good balanced team, and you know, just again we just fell slightly short. You know, playing one of the, as you call, the powerhouses, uh, yeah. you know, so uh, that was England in the playoffs. Well, that Czech Republic game came just after a result I wanted to speak to you about because I've spoken to various guests on the podcast over the years about the pressure that comes and the criticism that comes from not just the fans, but the media in the face or in the run-up to a game against a lower-ranked nation. So in this instance, it was a 1-1 draw against the Pharaohs. Spoken to Tomo and Fadi previously about what it was like after a 1-1 draw in Moldova. 
and the walk back through the airport was was apparently horrendous. Did you was was that your first experience drawing against the Faroe Islands of what a backlash can be like when representing Scotland? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, fortunately, you get a lot of positives from your country, and you obviously get a lot. Of, there's a few negatives to it, and that's one of them. You're there representing your country. You know, you want to win, uh, just like any other team. And that's unfortunately sport, and uh, I say it was a lot easier back then than it is now. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, I put media devices and media platforms that uh, you can get hammered on. <laughs> mm-hmm. If that's the best way to put it, I think back then it was probably more the papers, you know, and the supporters. Uh, probably as the supporters don't realise that all the players are Scottish fans as well, you know, uh, and they want to do well. Uh, and I always believe that the more you back the team and the more you help them with the support, then the more they try. Uh, you know, they're not trying to go out there on purpose and, and get a one all draw with the Pharaohs. You know, the Pharaohs are out there desperate to do everything they can to try and get a result. Uh, that's just football. Uh, it's getting worse. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you, you have to take with. Uh, unfortunately, you have to take it, you know, because if you didn't, then don't bother turning up. So it was one of those ones you just took on the chin and had to move on. Most everyone's different, Callum, because some people respond better to praise. Some people respond better to having to silence doubt, doubters and in the, in the face of criticism. But how, how, do, how maybe it is different now because of the media platforms that have evolved and changed so much in the last 20 years. But for example, when before one of the Scotland games earlier this year, I think it might have been the ones in the summer, Norway and Georgia, the Herald put out an article basically just saying, where are Scotland's good strikers? Why, why are we not producing good strikers? Is that the sort of thing that in the run-up to a camp, the players see or hear about or question why are they why are they doing this right before a big game or is that sort of thing fair game to put out? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say fair game. I'd just say I think you know why bring out a negative art, article before a game. You know you're bringing a, you're bringing something to try. And, it can work both ways. I think it depends on your character. You know I think as you just said there. I think you know some players will go well, stuff you. You know I'm going to show you. You know, I think uh, I like to think I was I was a bit of that way. Uh, I'll prove you wrong, type of thing. Not not papers, but maybe more challenges from managers, you know, uh, and people, coaches who are challenging to be better. You know, maybe have a wee go at you. Uh, regarding the, the the media side, I think I always try to ignore it. I just I never looked at it. I never read it. Uh, what was the point? You know, because there's always going to be something slightly negative. You know, maybe a word, maybe a phrase, maybe something. So uh, I'm not sure that helps. I'm not sure that would uh, that go the hell. I'm not sure that would help uh, the squad in general. Uh, but again, you could argue and uh, maybe prove like Lyndon Dykes that he looks like a type of guy in Che uh, who will go tell you what I'll show you I'm good enough. You know, so uh, I think that'd be more for the manager. You know, the challenge they'd set themselves and, and from the manager rather than a, a paper. Well, Callum, you were part of the team that won 1-0 in Germany just before those games we were talking about there. Was that a career highlight for you at that point? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, going over to Germany, uh, playing those Sam Pink strips. You know, do mm-hmm. remember that? Uh, they were uh, interesting strips. Uh, I'm not sure who designed them, but, uh, you know, I think uh, it was a wee bit of luck over there. 
you know, Dontov scored the goal. I was, I'm actually part of the goal, uh, which is even better. And, you know, I think it was, you know, it, it was funny. It was more we, we at that point. We we're pretty good against the big teams. I think our performance levels were, were pretty good. And you know, I always think Scotland are very good in big games, and we're always quite good in. Uh, we're not so good in friendlies. We don't seem to. Our record's not great. Uh, it was like that back then. I think we were always quite good when it, it came to sort of bigger games. Weird that, isn't it? I don't know if it's the cavalier or siege mentality of, you know, it doesn't matter that we're a small country, we'll still swing our punches at you for 90 minutes against the big boys. I mean, I've, I've seen some horrible friendlies over the years and most Scotland fans have. I mean, off the top of my head, I remember Ireland at Hamden, I remember Hungary, yeah. Romania back in the day as well, mid-2000s. I mean, these these games just, it's still no significance really. But still, as as fans, we 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 would go along and we'd hope to see Scotland eventually pull a result out of the bag. But against the odds was traditionally when we were better. Look at the the Dutch playoff with the first leg anyway, the second leg yeah. against England, which will come to Germany away. It's a weird paradigm. Yeah, I just think it's the Scottish psyche. I don't know. It's something that's up and up. I'm kind of attitude I've got with you know what I do say about Scottish people. Uh, they like to be underdogs a little bit. They like to have a go. You know, they like to, they thrive on that type of pressure, you know, whether it actually means something. Uh, I think the way we play our football as well, you know, with that passion, that intensity, you know, I think uh, we're not like, you, you maybe go to some leagues and watch games at the moment in, in Sweden, Norway, you know, and it's more technical, you know, it's a little bit slower. But you watch games in Scotland and it's like up and at them for 95 minutes, whatever, mm-hmm. however long Vlad decides to add. And I think, uh, I think that's the reason for me. That's the biggest reason that we haven't been that good in friendlies. Uh, you know, I think I think it was Watson. I think he stopped friendlies. I think, don't think he played too many. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite clever on his part. Uh, I think he, he's obliged to play a few, but I think he didn't. Uh, he didn't ask for for more friendlies than, than needed because he probably knew the answer. He wasn't going to see much in the games. Let's talk about the England playoff then. You didn't play in the first leg at Hamden, then you come into the team for the second leg. So what are your memories of the build-up to such an occasion and how did it transpire that you started at Wembley? Uh, again, here's, here's my, uh, this is a common theme probably through this, hamstring injuries. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember running around the pitch with a physio uh, at Hamden, uh, hoping to be ready for the, the game at, uh, at Hamden. You know, and I remember running through and I could still feel pain in my hamstring. At that point, but it wasn't uh, significant. It was more top end speed, you know, probably up to 75, 80%. So I knew I was nearly fit. Uh, but I knew if I played against uh, England that I hammed my hamstring would probably tear again. So that was basically the reason I didn't play in the first leg. Uh, well, maybe not. I might not be selected. I don't really know the answer to that <laughs> one. Uh, I, like like, I like to think I might be near enough selected. Uh, and then obviously managed to, to get through a few sessions uh, before the game at uh, Wembley. Uh, I do remember. I always remember we stayed down in June. Uh, we drove up uh, to the game. I remember turning the corner into uh, Hamden, and there was just a sea, just a sea of people, uh, unlike anything I've seen before. And it was incredible. You know, I wasn't playing, but obviously, I was obviously a bit nervous about the game. And you know, I think I was just nervous. Obviously, what an atmosphere it was. It's it's Scotland, the England. It's probably one of the oldest games in history. You know, and. There's a wee sort of tinge of kind of like disappointment I wasn't playing, but also wee excitement because, you know, it was one of the lads did really well off the two-legger for him. You know, we wanted to give ourselves a chance when we went to Wembley and 
the, the, the fans, the supporters, both games, you know, down at Wembley as well. Uh, something that probably well, I'll probably live with for me for the rest of my life and how special it was. It, it didn't go our way over the two legs. We'll, we'll talk about the second leg in a second, but as an occasion, did you have many like that in your career at all that you would put on the same level? No, nothing, nothing like it. Uh, I think, obviously, very fortunate to be assistant manager for Gordon. You know, we played England at uh, Hamden. Uh, obviously, we went 2-1 uh, up. Uh, we got his three kicks. That's probably as close I got as with, without playing uh, to an atmosphere and involvement in a game. Uh, but again, Scotland, England, isn't it? So it's uh, there's a real. A bit, again, I don't think we played England for a while back then. I think it'd been a long time since we played them. So uh, yeah, that was that was unrivaled. Uh, even though Wembley, same thing, uh, same thing down there. Do you view the game at Wembley the way that I hear quite a lot of fans and members of the media talk about it? That we went down there and weirdly, is an opportunity missed despite starting the game at 2-0 down? I think it was one of those, uh, unfortunately, glorious sort of failures. I think we performed at a high level that day. Uh, I think, again, you talk about us being sort of underdogs and sort of written off a little bit. I think we end up, you know, you look back at the team, it was, it was a really good team. Craig actually, so Craig Brown played 3-4-3 that game, which a lot of people don't realise, which was a system that, is basically really in fashion now. You know, nobody had really played it before. He basically played with eight, but with John Hudson through the middle, Dodgy just off the right, inside right, and Neil McCann on the left, uh, with two certain fielders, and then Craig Burley on the right. Uh, I think it was, I think it was Barry, and I think it was a. Uh, I need to, I need to double check. Definitely Barry, John Collins, I think, in the middle of that. You know, and I think it was unheralded to play that system. I think we. We end up went we, we played down there. We played really well. We played a certain way. You know they had obviously Shearer and Owen up front, and, and the boys at the back dealt with them really well. You know, and uh, obviously I was playing against uh, David Beckham at the time. You know, so again it was a it was a huge game. Uh, it was it was brilliant. See me walk out that that tunnel down at the bottom. It was you know the nerves were, were going. Uh, it was a bit more excitement rather than the, the sort of the nervous ones. Uh, so it was. Uh, yeah, it was something that I'll, I'll remember uh, as a boy. If you rewind back to start the podcast, you know, what do you want to do as a player? Where's the pinnacle? Uh, it's playing England for Scotland. Uh, playing against England, sorry, for Scotland. Uh, Wembley, Hamden, didn't matter where. I think it was one of the last games in the Twin Towers as well. So I think a uh, really special occasion. Uh, one of those funny feelings after the game, as you've just said there, because... You know, we've performed so well. I think Christian had a head on about the 80th yeah. minute where he, he caught it too cleanly. You know, he caught it straight at Seaman and I think if he'd either side it in, either side miss it, he would, he would have gone in. Uh, I was suffering from cramp after about 75 minutes, so, you know, I could hardly move at that point. Uh, but again, it was uh, one, of the, one of those games where you enjoy it. Disappointed we didn't get through it at the time. You know, again, probably thought there'd be chances again to, to qualify. You know, so... Uh, you know, it was a very special time. I do remember uh, walking down the steps with myself, Christian, my wife, and, and uh, Christian's wife, Kirsty, walking down the steps at Hamden. And uh, a couple of England players were walking down the other side of the fence. Uh, those guys went and jumped into uh, a big black limousine uh, to get taken home. Uh, and me and Christian started coming for a cab on the road <laughs> uh, to get home. Uh, so quite a, an interesting kind of <laughs> we do laugh about it now we do remember standing on the road me and Christian sticking my thumb out trying to get a lift 
head back to the hotel and uh, the English boys getting driven away in a nice big limousine back to the, the houses. Levels, eh? <laughs> That's the, 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 I remember as well when I interviewed Billy for the podcast, he mentioned that there was one particular moment in that game where he was through on goal and Tony Adams, I think it was, just appeared from nowhere to slide tackle in and take it away from him just as he was pulling his foot back to to shoot one-on-one with Seaman. And he, he still... You can see it see in his face when he was talking about it. He was it, it was it was still painful for him to to think that he didn't get that shot away, which would have made it, I think, uh, two nil on the night. Yeah, I think I think you know I think you you do remember things you know, about about that type of game. I remember tackle. I remember tackles. I don't remember shots and chances. <laughs> I like a, a, a real good crunch and tackle points. You know, and I think it was from that I quite enjoyed. You know, I think you probably. <laughs> I think he probably did as well. Just little things in the games you do remember. Uh, you know, I think in with Dodgy as well, it's, it's a striker, it's a dreamer. He probably dreamed of that as a young boy to score at Wembley for Scotland and he probably, his eyes probably lit up as he, he saw the, the chance coming. Uh, but again, you play against top players and sometimes they make uh, great tackles. Well, that slipped us by, unfortunately, Callum, and then a couple of games... After that, we had France at home in a friendly. I suppose that must have been a tough night. I'm, I'm looking at the French team here. They had guys like Deschamps, Jorge F. Thierry Henry played. Maybe he came up directly against Thierry Henry, if you, if you can remember that. Yeah, no, okay, uh, guy we, uh, was, uh, was, uh, was it Julie, I think it was? Is uh, he play? Is well, right? uh, yes, he did. Ludovic Julie. Yeah. There you go, that's good. Mate. That's, I tell you what, yeah. my memory's <laughs> a lot better than I think. Uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, there's a top team. It uh, was one of those, you, you talk about levels of football, and at that point, uh, they were a different level. You know, I just saw the, the technical abilities, the athletic, more probably the athletic ability. I think Turam, did Turam play that game? Not sure yes, did, with Desai Des- and Lauren Blanc. Yeah, Turam played my side, and it was just like, wow, this this guy, the, the, sort of the ability. Yeah, but that's a great experience, I think, for. for for me, was to play that against that type of team, you know, international stage at Hamden. Uh, tough game, but again, it's, it's good games. Sometimes those friendlies are better, you know, because you get sort of lessons you don't expect to to win four or five nil, and there's not like a, as you say, sometimes you play friendlies and you know you don't get much of that when you play against France, Germany, and friendlies. Uh, it's a little bit different, you know. Uh, so again, good games, good memories to play in. Uh, but again, probably we'll, if we go into it, probably some later times, I basically kept getting injured. Uh, I used to have a lot of laughing joke, just to say like, don't call, don't pick, pick me, or, or don't pick me before, you know, the game's finished on Saturday. Uh, the amount of times I tore my hamstring and my groin, you know, and I think uh, at that point, I think Gary always started playing really well for Scotland as well, and I kind of sort of fell out the picture a little bit. I had serious injury when I was at Leicester when I was 26 because I think I got most of my caps when I was fairly young uh, it would be nice to get my caps when I was probably in, well I would say the peak but at that point my peak was lying on a treatment table uh, really bad injury I did the splits it uh, against Sheffield United uh, and some popped in my pelvis and uh, really really struggled after that to, to get to a, a standard even when I started to sprint do sprint training I used to get loads of pains in my groins so I had to modify my training to play and probably for myself as well, my level probably dropped a little bit after that. 
Uh, quite difficult for me to take. I, I found probably if you asked the question, Scott, that's probably the hardest thing. You know, I had to take from it. I, I couldn't play at a level I wanted to. You know, the intensity, the speed. Uh, I still probably you thought ninety five percent was playing that, but it wasn't at that top speed that I, I had to get to, to play international football. And I found it really hard. Uh, and then when I did try, uh, my hamstring used to go pop and my groin used to hurt. So. Mm. It was a real tough one. I don't really talk about it because it's it's quite tough uh, looking back on it. Well, I feel if if you're able to be as as reflective or as, as candid as you feel possible, it it must be difficult because you're in the middle of achieving uh, a huge goal in your life of representing your country. You said at the start of the podcast, nothing mattered more to you, no matter the sport. Representing Scotland was was the pinnacle, and here you are making your way into the team, probably hitting double figures in the caps and it's taken away from you. And at that point, you're saying you can work as hard as you can in the training ground, but if you try and perform to the level that you know you're capable of, it actually is one step forward and two step back. So you're powerless at that point, I suppose. Yes, uh, I'd probably take back to the story about Craig. Uh, obviously, at Leicester, when it happened, you know, probably missed a huge chunk of the season uh, with it. Uh, I probably... Just start to sort of try and get by every time I got back in, I, I broke down. Uh, and then it was it was Craig basically pressing. You know, they were playing the championship at the time. I was in West of the Premier League and he said, Come on, come play with me. I said, Craig, I said, I can't guarantee, you know, I, I'll be able to, to play for you. He said, he said, just he said, don't be silly, shut up, get on with it, kind of thing. I said, but I'll probably feel medical. And he went, No, you won't. And uh, you know, fortunately enough I went on to for him, he basically had a really good, uh, Andy Ballstrom was there, uh, and we had a really good kind of course of treatment and, and training-wise, and managed to get me back playing to, for me, a good level. Uh, probably not quite as good for me for Scotland. Uh, but again, I was playing, and I was probably, I'd probably say I wouldn't, would never be a probably starter after that for Scotland, which is quite difficult, but I thought I'd always, you know, if I always get the call to come and play, you know, I think... Uh, you know, I'd always do it. It's one of those, and then I got caps like caps later on. But for me, yeah, that was it. Was good that I was playing again. It was good that I was actually back enjoying playing lots of football and playing at a good level. But probably not for me, quite as as good to to play for my country. Uh, is it hard? Yeah, it's hard. I had two kids at the time, so they were kind of they became a sort of driving force and passion to to keep playing football and and keeping my body through it. So uh, yeah, difficult. But it's you know then you look at the blessing that you actually managed to play for your country, you managed to play in big games, uh, and I'd rather have that than, than not play at all. How long would you say it took you to accept that? So it would appear here, looking at your cap list, that your injury injury troubles started two around two thousand, and yeah, just missed, after, yeah, just after. Yeah, so and then the caps were few and far between throughout most of that decade, especially in the middle area because of your injuries. So how long does it take you to accept that no matter what you're doing at club level and how hard you're working on the training ground, it's unlikely that you will achieve the personal satisfaction and pride of doing what matters most to you? A difficult one, I think, where, I don't know if Bertie came in. Bertie wasn't my, my biggest fan. You know, he... They didn't pick me anyway. I don't think I was fit. I was in the squads. I think I was in one or something like that, one or two of his squads, and that was it. So I think uh, with Bertie's era, that was slightly different. And uh, 
you know, with the rest of them, I think I was just trying to make sure my drive was just trying to prove to them I'm okay. You know, I did get picked in quite a lot of squads. It wasn't you know, the fact that I was, I, I missed them all. I did get picked, but then I got injured in a lot. Basically, I lead up to a lot of them. Uh, if I go over it, uh, if you ask my wife the questions, she'll probably say no. You know, <laughs> uh, I keep going back saying, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that before I started playing. I wish I'd done lots of prehab, lots of this. And she turned around and goes, well, you didn't know anything about it back then. So you couldn't have done anything. You, you said she, she's quite sort of level-headed. She said, you wouldn't have changed anything. You, you're committed and dedicated uh, to doing what you were doing uh, more than most people. So she said, you know, you can, like, you can look at that you've played for Scotland. You know, and towards the end of my career, it was just, it ended up became playing games for me. That was my drive and ambition. Scotland thing, if I got there, that would be brilliant. But uh, not for me, it was just about playing games uh, and trying to enjoy myself uh, and trying to make sure I, you know, did everything I could to, to have a, a long and successful career. Uh, with or without Scotland, yeah, hard to take. Uh, whether I've got over that, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for my play for Scotland. But it, see, when you're an, an ambitious guy, Callum, and talented in, in various areas, it it can be easy, I think, to feel unsatisfied unless you're working towards or at the pinnacle. And you said at the start of the podcast that you wanted to be the best at whatever you do. So when you're not included in the squad of whoever the manager sees as the country's best, be it because of your own performances or because of your injury record, or being unfit at that point, can it be quite just distracting? Do you find yourself daydreaming in the, in the middle of the day, or not being able to focus at club level because there is something bigger at play? Uh, not really, because basically what I always try and do with anything. You know, I've obviously had a few injuries, a few sort of knockbacks in the start of my career. I'd always reset. I'd always reset and start again. I'd have a probably day, but a day so I'd be if I say the word on, on, on this podcast, annoyed or frustrated is probably a, a polite way of putting it. And I think what I end up doing, I've got quite a good psych, I just reset and go, right, okay, let's start again. Let's see where we're starting from. So let's go uh, and then work again. You get to a point where you might get a knock or a disappointment and you go, right, start again. Don't go again. And, you know, I did, I did manage to get back in, which is, you know, probably a, a huge highlight as well when I got back into the squads, you know, and uh, Again, that was that was brilliant for me to, to, to get back in and it showed that all that hard work and you know the patience that you know uh, I managed to show during that time, uh, managed to get back in. One game you must look back on with, with pride and, and amongst all your injury trouble that you were able to play in was Craig Brown's final one against Latvia, 2-1 at Hamden. It must be nice being able to say that you were part of that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think... Craig was my kind of inspiration for the national football. Uh, you know, owe a lot to the to that man. You know, I think uh, you know, great to be a part of it. You know, he brought the depression as well to continue my career. He basically, without him probably knowing it, he managed to prolong my international career as well. You know, by by bringing me to Preston. So you know, uh, you know, great to be a part of it. Great to be that bit of a success. You know, uh, on his last game. Uh, so yeah, very very grateful for him, and you know, uh, hopefully. Uh, I managed to perform uh, and make him kind of proud or justified in, in selecting me. Just a couple of caps under Bertie Volts. Iceland away 2-0 and Canada at home 3-1. What were your dealings with him and, and, and how did you assess him as a manager? You're saying that you're not sure that he was your biggest fan. 
no, I think both of those games were off the bench. Uh, I think Iceland game. Uh, I think I, I think I came on for the last about twenty five minutes. I think if that's right, and then I did the Canada game was just a friendly. Uh, again, I don't know if I, I should probably won't, I won't tell the story. You know, basically when I went to one of the squads, I don't think he knew what I played. So uh, that basically put my mind at thought, okay, and then I didn't really get many opportunities under him. So you know, that's just football. Uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And all my, I'm now, I'm now a manager myself. So I, I'm not too critical of, of previous managers I've had because I know how difficult it is. You can't make you, you don't always make the right decision for the, what the player thinks, but you make the right decision for what you think. So uh, with Bertie, you know, I, I don't think I was uh, anywhere near it, and I've probably justified in the, the amount of caps I got under them. And, Ga- and Gary Naismith was the left back at that point. Yeah, Gary's been really well. Yeah, top player, Gary. So, you know, uh, he basically, what he kind of got that jersey, you know, I think, uh, you know, that was where we were at the time. So that was, that was you don't mind that. You know, I think Gary performed at a really good level uh, for Scotland. He was a fantastic player for Scotland, you know, and I think I'll credit to him, you know. He went, he went on to have a great career as well, you know. So uh, still speak to Gary quite regularly now and again. Uh, obviously, big players and stuff. So, it's, uh, yeah, one of those things, that's what, what happens when you, you play international football. You have good players challenging for your position. Uh, and, you know, I think at that point it was probably me and Gary were probably the two main sort of left foot and left wing backs, you know, and uh, he obviously got most of the caps towards sort of later on in his career. But that was probably at the start. Well, you, well, you had then watched the, I don't know if you did watch, but you, you weren't involved in the, the playoff against Netherlands, which looked like it might go our way before that was savagely interrupted in Amsterdam. And then Bertie Volks leaves and comes Walter Smith, followed by Alex McLeish. Did you get near the squads under those two at all? I suppose Walter Smith and McLeish would have been a, a high point given their legendary statuses. Yeah, do you know what? I don't think I, I was up probably too many. I think that was probably my injury. That was probably a wee bit of injury time. You know, I think uh, you know, wasn't probably a starting player at the time. So. Uh, you know, I think it was a couple of squads uh, with Walter. Uh, one had to, to actually go and you know, I think uh, my wife was giving birth at one of, one of those points, I think. So uh, I think that was one of those. I just I was at that stage where we talked about earlier, you know, where I knew I wasn't quite ready. So these things didn't really, at that point, I was just more focused on playing, you know, and uh, with, I don't really have, I can't remember, obviously, many uh, situations where I played under those two managers. Uh, but I do remember being in the squads, you know, uh, again, uh, Walter obviously had that sort of, that kind of nature, it's kind of that way, that kind of, you know, he was a nice guy, but you can obviously see, don't get in the wrong side of him. That we what we talked about, we were like Craig, you know, uh, a little bit like that, and, you know, a lot of things that I've always picked up on now uh, to try and sort of take forward from these guys, because Walter was, you know, phenomenal, uh, obviously for Rangers and for Scotland, so, you know, again, unlucky. Uh, not to qualify. Yeah, that, that's, uh, I think when I was talking earlier about Billy thinking about his opportunity at Wembley when Tony Adams took it away from him just before he had that shot. For a while, that campaign was the equivalent for the Scotland fans with how the final game against Italy played out. I know that we were we benefited from a couple of decisions during that game and then the ref made a bad call at the end which ultimately killed it. And yeah, just a 
a really rotten end to what was a timeless campaign, really. Um, beating yeah, France twice, that win against Ukraine at hand, and unbelievable. Yeah, do you know what? I think it's, it's, it's I think now, nowadays it's, it's a little bit easier to qualify Euros. I think there's more teams. I think it was only 16, it was eight. Then it was 16, I think it's now 32. So there's more opportunities uh, to qualify. I think it was hard back then. You know, you look at, you know, that that point, and, and you need to work the figures or facts out for me. Uh, but I don't know when they introduced it, 32, which then made it more accessible to, to other teams. Or, uh, that was like, 20, think, 20, 2016, they went from... So, so 2012 was the last 16-team Euros, okay. and then 2016, they went to 24, and it's still 24 just now, and they've, they've, in, they've incre- increased the World Cup from 32 to 48, I think. I'm, but I'm not yeah. sure if that's for the next World Cup or the one after. I'm, I'm not too sure on that. Yeah, yeah so again, 16's hard, you think. When you look at the breakup, the breakup we talked about uh, Czechoslovakia, the breakup of obviously uh, Yugoslavia, you know, the top teams have come out of there, so it was a lot harder uh, to qualify. People say, why didn't we qualify? Why didn't we do this? You know, and some things look back and go, well, you know, it was pretty hard back then. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't really easy. I think it was a win of the group and then the second place went to a playoff. You know, so I think you look at that and you look at that and you go, well, more teams in it. It was hard. And I still think we had good teams. We've always had quite good teams. You know, it's great that obviously Steve's qualifying for now. You know, and not in any way. I think it's, again, we're, we're, we're making it a real positive vibe and it's great to see. I absolutely love, love it when you see the the crowd after the game and the boys have performed at a phenomenal level uh, to get through. I think this campaign's probably been the most successful one, probably the best one so far. You know, I think the result against Spain. I remember watching the game against Spain and going, like, we're, we're, how are we going to make it, like, how are we going to worry? You know, and I wasn't worried at all. And probably you're going against Spain and you're thinking, we're not worried. And uh, I think that's a measure of where Steve's managed to get his team. You know, now the next sort of Challenge for for Scotland is is to get out of the groups. You know, can we get out of the groups and can we put ourselves in a knockout stage where anything can happen? And uh, I'm hopefully the lads will do it and uh, they get to the Euros in the summer. Absolutely. Well, you finished off your international career under George Burley, so you came back into the fold in 2009 against Norway. Funnily enough, a tough game away from home. You got beat four nil, and then. You started against Macedonia, is that right? The next the next game when you were subbed off with injury early on? Yeah, there we go. This probably starts my international career and it finishes my international career. <laughs> uh, I remember the whistle blew. The whistle was just blowing. And I thought, I better get the ball. I better get it. I mean, just in case it wasn't a whistle. And I stood in for a tackle, my hamstring popped. Uh, and then I just went, that's it. That's me. I said, because I fought really hard to try and get back in squads, uh, you know, and I just said, that's it, that's I'm done. Uh, and then I'm walking off the pitch going, oh, well, you know, uh, unfortunately, my international career probably started with a hamstring injury. Midway through it, England game, it was a hamstring injury. And then the end, it was a hamstring injury that basically put paid to, you know, uh, that was probably one of the flattest nights I've had. Uh, you know, I think I was sitting with my back to the hotel, I was just sitting there, you know, going, you know, this is it. And uh, I think Stephen Whitter came on and he actually played really well when he came on. And next to Stephen Pesley, he was one of the coaches, and he was telling me how well Stephen Whitaker did. 
I felt like telling, I just felt like telling to shut up, you know, basically <laughs> understand that this is my last ever game I played for Scotland. I knew at the time Alan Irvin was at the game, he was a press man, he's my press manager. And the kids were at the game and they just he said the same thing to me. He just couldn't believe it. He was got absolutely god uh, for me. And, uh, that was it, you know, and uh, probably is probably was that kind of my kind of get a Scotland career, you know, don't get me wrong, very, very proud and my missus will kill me for being negative about it, but it was injuries that, you know, probably stopped me challenging probably in the middle of the period, Gary, for, for more caps and at the end, you know, managed to get back in, he had a few injuries. Uh, so I think it was, you know, listen, very, very honoured, privileged to play for my country and there was, you know, uh, as a boy, you can ask me, would I play in those games I've talked to, in those games I've talked about, I would say not a chance, there's no chance I'll be able to get there, uh, but I managed to do so. So, uh, one side really proud, another side a little bit disappointed that I didn't get more and more caps, but that's probably that's the football player in me, that's the sportsman, you know, always want to challenge yourself and get that a little bit more. Uh, don't be satisfied with what you've got. I think once you're there, you need to work even harder to get more. So, uh, that's uh, that was it. I just remember Harrison going, thinking, lying on pitch. Actually, my best mate was the a photographer, he's a photographer. He's got all the pictures. So I've, I've actually got all the pictures. I've got the bit where you see me slide in for a tackle. You see myself coming out. You see, I've got them all on my laptop. And I don't know if I put myself through it by looking at the pictures, but <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it's funny because I've never watched. I never watched myself play. So now, so nowadays, all the players watch themselves. And during COVID, uh, there was a lot of Scotland games on. I think the BBC had put a lot on, so I yeah. uh, actually watched a few. Uh, the first time I ever watched myself back playing for Scotland. Wow. Uh, and uh, one time I think, tell you what, I'm not bad. And then the other time I'm going, what are you doing? That's terrible, you know. Like, <laughs> Criticising myself. Uh, so, but it's, uh, there we go. I was no, really, really delighted to play for my country. You know, had some good times. Really good times. Probably the bad times came with injuries. Uh, but apart from that, the thanks to, well, basically, big thanks to everybody, probably Craig Brown, Top of my list uh, for getting me where I want to get to, and uh, there's a lot of people to thank as well for that. But no, really, really delighted that I, I managed to achieve. Well, we only have a few minutes left, Callum, but you eventually went on to assist Gordon Strachan for a while. I think the the closest highlight to that was probably the the two two draw with England at Hamden. But during that group, we also went into the Slovenia game with a chance of. Qualification? Were, were you around for for that stage? Yeah, basically joined uh, Scotland England game for the last six games, five games. I think we were undefeated in actually all the games, you know. And I think it was probably quickly started the England game. That was just incredible, you know. Lee Griffiths. I remember Mark McGee sitting next to me saying he's going to score, and then when he's thirty yards out, there's no chance he scored. Yeah, <laughs> he sticks in the corner. Place goes mental. Uh, we while later, same thing. Mark McGee starts tapping me again. He goes, see the score. I Mark, shut up, don't be silly. He's not, I tell you, I'm telling you, I said, he can't score against the same place. I said, there's no way he's going to score these scores. And I remember turning around in the press, I turned around, look at the press box, the press box, there's paper flying everywhere. <laughs> the, was up. the whole place was shaking. Uh, you know, and it was probably one of those other ones, that kind of, that last minute equaliser, you know, you, you kind of go, you know, oh, it was just, it just one. It's just that's just football. That's why we play football. You know, we play for the highs and the lows, and the you you enjoy that type of thing. Obviously, the, 
Obviously, we're gutted that we lost the game. Uh, but again, probably England were probably the better team for probably 60 minutes of that game, much better. And then uh, away to Slovenia, and it's probably the quietest I've ever seen a dressing room. I think if any Scottish fan, you know, we talked about, if they flip it back to that criticism in the Pharaohs game, and the criticism you get sometimes played for Scotland, if you enter that dressing room, uh, you would realise uh, what it meant for players to play for Scotland. You know, and I wish, I wish you could have not filmed it or just taken a sample of that atmosphere in there, you know, after the game, you know, because that was a group of players, a group of staff that were, you couldn't say anything. You couldn't say anything to them. You know, they're driving to, to make the country proud and, you know, make their families proud. And that was, I thought they did everything they could in that game. And I thought they performed really well uh, and just fell that fraction short. Uh, and I wish everybody could see that in Scotland because, for me, that showed how much it meant to, to play for Scotland representing our country. And I think the nation, for me, should be quite proud of what, what the players do when they go and play for Scotland. They're all desperate to be there. They're all desperate to want to play. And I think it's probably knocked on. And now to Steve Clark, sort of group, we had a lot of them still playing. Sure, I'm sure playing that game. Uh, Andy Robertson, Tierney, Kieran, you know, there was, there's, and there's more. Uh, they're still there. So, uh, Callum McGregor, so typified John McGinn, so it typifies the spirit we have just now. Absolutely. Well, it was something that you managed to do 19 times, Callum, I think probably from what you're saying, without the injury record, could have eventually got closer to the rule of honour, 50 mark, which would have been an amazing thing to look back on. But hey, 19 is more than enough, I would say, for those of us who are just dreaming for one minute on <laughs> for Scotland. Never mind 19 appearances. So, yeah, a great international career with memories under Craig Brown, especially... Um, either side of the uh, the World Cup and Euros back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So thanks very much for recalling them with me, Callum. It's been a pleasure. And I wish you all the best with whatever's next in management for you. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.